Well, welcome to The Christian Contrast, where we talk about how walking with Jesus leads us to live differently than the world around us. Um, and I'm very excited here to be joined with Evangeline Sanders from Assure Pregnancy Clinic, the Director of Development. Yes, correct? that's right, yeah. Um, it's wonderful to have you here. We're gonna talk sort of the, the parameters of what we're gonna talk about is um, pro-life battlefronts right now, mm -hmm. because you're on the front lines of that, and I'm excited mm -hmm. to hear from you. And so just to start off, why don't you share a little bit about yourself and about the role that you play at Assure Pregnancy Clinic? Sure. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast today. Um, it's such a joy to be with you. Um, as you said, uh, my name is Evangeline Sanders. I'm the Director of Development at Assure Pregnancy Clinic. Um, and we are a pro-life pregnancy clinic that works at the front lines to provide uh, free medical resources for women that are experiencing unplanned pregnancies. Um, we also provide resources, um, options counseling. Um, we have a parenting program that they can go to if they choose life. And obviously, if they've experienced a pain of abortion, we do have um, post-abortive uh, courses and things like that as well. So um, I've been with the organization about a year and a half now. Uh, prior to that, I worked in London, um, working kind of more in the public policy uh, side of mm. things. My background is medical ethics and medical law. So this worked really, really well. And as a director of development, um, I get the really wonderful task of being able to connect with churches and individuals, um, you know, organizations, people on the outside, just to get them um, fired up for what we're doing um, in, you know, in the clinic. I think sometimes it's so easy to think, oh, there's, you know, those people over there that are doing that without realizing the um, really important part that um, Christians on the outside can play um, in this really uh, important life-saving ministry. Yeah. And, and it must be an exciting thing, because I, I would imagine that there's a lot of churches that sort of at least in word, would say, yes, we care about the, mm -hmm. we care about the unborn, we're a pro-life church, but may sort of feel, like you were saying, like there's a separation. They do their thing over there, mm -hmm. we do our thing over here. And so have you experienced some just benefits from ways that you've been able to open eyes and open doors for ways that those kind of partnerships can happen? Yes, I mean, absolutely. We like to see ourselves an extension, as an extension of the church. You know, um, in an ideal world, every single church would have a pro-life pregnancy center on their campus, for example. You know, that would be the goal. <laughs> absolutely. You know, to have that everywhere where where the church is the place where people go to in, in that moment of crisis. Um, sadly, that isn't where we're at in our culture. And so having the, the center away from the church sometimes helps people that can feel judged. Sometimes, mm. uh, you know, they just don't want Want anyone to see them. They don't want to be known to come somewhere that is um, further away from where they may be known to come to a safe haven to come and discuss their um, their situation at that time. Um, but as I said, like we know that right now we are in a huge battle in culture, a, um, a battle for truth, a battle for righteousness, understanding what the Bible says and what the culture says. And so um, we're not, um, you know, kind of blind to thinking, oh, we're doing this thing by ourselves. Actually, it's a spiritual um, battle that we're in. And so we need the church alongside us um, in, in the work that we're doing. You know, there is a lot of prayer covering that goes into this, um, not just for the workers and the people in the clinic, but for the women that are coming in, the fears that they are feeling feeling, um, the anxieties, all of those things. Um, we can we can give them, you know, material help, but really there's a deeper uh, peace that is needed um, that can only really come from Christ alone. And so in that, uh, we really do need the church to come alongside um, alongside us in that. So Yeah. And I love that. There's yeah. like seven things you said that I hope so to follow sorry. up. <laughs> no, no, it's great. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, which one? So, so here's mm -hmm. where I'd like to start kind of next is just, yeah. um, you mentioned the ideas of know, fear and some of the, just the issues mm -hmm. going on for women who are coming into a sure or yeah. are in a sort of a crisis pregnancy, a surprise pregnancy, not mm -hmm. sure what to do. Um, as, as 
those of you who are on the front lines, I, I would just love some insight. What do you see as sort of the the hindrances or the obstacles mm -hmm. that make it harder for women in those situations to choose life and just make it much more of a battlefield like you talked about? Yeah, I mean, um, kind of going back before I answer that question, I'd say that when I first joined um, kind of a frontline ministry, in my head you have this um, picture of what this person that's going to be experiencing unplanned mm. pregnancy is going to be. It's going to be, I don't know, this 14, 15-year-old girl that's scared out of her wit. She doesn't want to tell her parents. You know, all of these stereo um, stereotypical situations. But when I came into this ministry, I realized that that wasn't the case. Mm. You know, we were seeing women right from 14, right up to 45, you know, in all different um in all different uh, situations of life, different stages of life, some in relationships, some not in relationships, some that were married. Right, some married women. You know, so that, that really kind of blew uh, that mm. picture out of the way. And so we we're like, okay, so we can't just think about this one person and think, okay, these are the things that they're going to be facing. But, you know, for some of them, it was career. Um, obstacles. You know, for for the 15, 16 year old, sometimes it was, I want to play softball this year. And if I get mm. pregnant, I can't. And that is a big deal for someone at that age. I know that sounds trivial, but it's not because they're like all of the excitement, the um, experiences I want to experience are going to be thwarted if, I, if, if, if I'm going to have to go through with this pregnancy. Um, then you have very kind of um, basic things. I don't have shelter. Um, I don't have a roof over my head. I don't have a job. Um, I don't have the family backing. I don't have the support. Um, all of these things are I don't, I don't, I don't. Compounded on the other side of I don't want to be labeled as that person that ruined my life because I have a baby. Hmm. You know, that, that, that's kind of the psyche of what is going on in a very short um, period of time that it can just be really overwhelming uh, for a lot of women that come in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and and like you were saying, just a spectrum of different things mm -hmm. that are playing into it. Mm -hmm. um, and and just as you as you and the women at Assure have the opportunity to to be in those different conversations, I'm just curious, have there been different things that you've been able to observe, just sort of trends of like, these are the the things that tend to bring breakthroughs because it might be different again, like yeah. it might be different than what we would assume. Those of us more on the outside might think, mm -hmm. well, if you just prove this or give them this book or show them this picture. But have you observed like these tend to be either the the sort of the actions or the tones or the, I don't mean arguments in a contentious way, but mm -hmm. just sort of the lines of yeah. reasoning that tend to help or change minds in that situation. Yeah. I mean, as I said, they have all of these different things that they come in, but I, I hope you notice in all of them, none of those are really centered around the baby. Right. Do you see what it, for a lot of people that come into um, come into the clinic, they still, and I don't want to say this in a um, in a condescending way, but it is very much that the baby's still not real. Right. Do you see what I mean? It's still the superficial thing that is coming in the future, but it's not that they actually have a baby in them now. And so that's a big thing that we try to um, help them to come to see that this isn't. Um, oh, hey, should you should you go ahead and do this and then maybe get pregnant? This is you're already in that. In that, in that position. And what is inside of you is a living, breathing, um, unique individual with potential and characteristics and all of these other things that um, I find a big light bulb moment is when we take them into the ultrasound room. Hmm. You know, when they see that heartbeat, when they hear those like very, very fast beats that are very different to our own. You know, this isn't your body. This is another body mm. that is inside of you that I think almost um, helps them break free um, from just thinking about the immediate um, important, but um, kind of the urgent threats that are there to think about what is important in the long run. 
Um, and so that's always um, a big thing that we like to speak about with them just to say, hey, I know that this is scary. I know that this isn't something that you thought about. But now that we're in this situation, let's let's talk about what's actually going on. Um, because I don't think they really want to talk about what's going on. You know, it, I wouldn't want to talk about what's going on if this wasn't something that I For planned. Sure, you know, yeah. that's it's a very normal thing. But really getting them back into seeing, hey, this is what is um the real situation, now let's look at the other things. Let's start at the at the important part and then work out, because otherwise we're trying to get everything else in place and we forget that we're dealing with a uh, with a real human being. Yeah, see, it yeah. seems like it's almost, if I'm hearing you, it seems like it's almost this thing of sort of allowing the wider view to come in. Mm-hmm. And then once there's that, once, once it's beyond just, uh, right now this is all I'm thinking about and the baby suddenly becomes real, it sort of opens up the possibilities of seeing more options and more ways forward. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I was thinking about this just as I was you know, uh, preparing um, so many times in, in our culture and even in uh, in academia, things like that. We talk about the risk of pregnancy. We talk about, oh, how to have safe sex. We talk about all of these things, like as if pregnancy is an unnatural outcome um, of sexual intercourse. Right. You know, and, and it is. And, and for some of these women that we're speaking to, they're just absolutely shocked that they could ever be pregnant. Um, and I think that's, that's, that's a wider cultural thing that we need it to talk about. Sure. Of like, Well, and especially as Christians, God designed sex for a reason. Um, I'm not saying, oh, you know, only have sex if you want to have children, like, you know, that, but, but it's in marriage. It's in a certain... Um, you know, setting where it's done in a very um, a beautiful way where it brings new life, all of those yeah. things. And what we're dealing with most of the time, 87% of the women that we are, um, that we are serving are unmarried. You know, so we're already seeing um, a departure from from the way that, you know, the Lord has taught us to do things. And so you're seeing then we're having to step further back because we're not, we're not starting at the same, at the same place of understanding what a baby is, what, what is, marriage about what is sex about what is a pregnancy um and so it's very um softly with kindness and compassion mm-hmm. bringing to, bringing them to the point of realization of hey i know that this isn't something that you think that you planned but this is where we're at you know um this isn't an unnatural thing like this is the most natural thing that your body is doing that only you can bring this baby into existence yeah. in the whole world no one else is ever going to have this baby you know things like that yeah and yeah. that's powerful and and one thing and, and because i think you alluded to it a little bit just yeah. um there there in all subjects there are different sort of cultural trends um yeah. that happen mm-hmm. and you know i mean i remember when i was younger the the sort of the tagline um, for pro-choice people was the the safe, rare, what was it? It, it, was, it was sort of the safe, rare, mm-hmm. and something else. Yeah, I, 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 I should remember, but, but yes. you know what I'm yeah. talking about. So mm-hmm. so that even those who are pro-choice advocates were saying, this is an unfortunate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, at least in my observation, has really severely changed, where, mm-hmm. where it's no longer sort of, all right, it, it should be safe, it should be rare, it should be mm-hmm. private, all of that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, where there's the shout your abortion movement, which yeah. may be more on the extreme side, even of the mm-hmm. pro-life idea, but mm-hmm. I, I don't hear that safe and rare stuff anymore. So mm-hmm. I, I was just curious from your standpoint, because mm-hmm. not only being with a sure but just with the your background in kind mm-hmm. of the more maybe academic side of things mm-hmm. and the thoughts and reasoning going into mm-hmm. it, do you see certain trends that are sort of like these are these are the battlefronts now just in the realm of ideas mm-hmm. that are influencing us maybe in ways that we don't realize? Absolutely. Um, 
I mean, a thing that I was really kind of um, struck by, this is when I was doing my master's, was was the different types of examples that they would give us when we were speaking about um, personhood and autonomy and mm. things like that. There wasn't this thing of, oh, no, this is an unfortunate situation that we need to help women in. It was, well, how dare you tell women to do something they don't want to do? That was a, that was a really big big shift. I'm thinking of Judith Jarvis at Thompson and her, you know, kind of defense of abortion where she speaks yeah. about the violinist, you know, the, the violinist. Yeah, yeah, the violinist. And, and and basically portray the violinist to be this parasite that is sucking uh, the life out of this woman um, who hasn't chosen right. to have, you know, that that's the big yeah. thing. Of, like, Which goes back why, again to what you were saying before with our, our sort of dichotomy, sex over here, procreation over here, yeah. nothing to do with each other. Yeah, but no, but no real understanding that actually do we have a moral um, kind of, uh, should we not have to care for our own children? Sure. You know, a very basic thing. Like, why, why should a parent have to feed their child when they're born if we don't have the right to actually maybe look after them when they're in our womb too? Um, it's, this, it's this whole kind of switch of thinking about, you know, this isn't just that the, the mother's baby. We're, we're, we're thinking of it as this person that's sucking away the life of the mm. mother. Um, and when that comes into it, you think back to years of women being oppressed. You think back to years of women being mistreated and things like that. And so it's very easy to confuse the two to suddenly say, well, men have oppressed women, and so now why are we letting babies oppress women too? Mm. Do you see what I mean? You're, yeah. you're, you're confusing the two together. So, you know, men, you need to stay out, and actually women need to decide to make their own um, choices. And I'm not saying I'm against women's right to choose in, in that front, but what we're dealing with now is um, this conflation of the idea that actually um, pregnancy is an enemy to the woman. Mm -hmm. You know, rather than, hey, actually a man forcing himself on the woman, that's the issue. Absolutely. You know, that's something that we really need to take seriously. But then suddenly the baby is the enemy. Um, and, 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 and you're seeing that more and more in culture because what they're saying is why are men forcing women to have children? And I'm like, if, if men were forcing women to have children, we should be really against be that. That would be a big problem. That would be a yeah, huge absolutely. problem. Actually, a lot of people should end up in jail. <laughs> but, you know, what we're dealing with now, though, is after a woman has chosen to exercise her sexual autonomy, whatever we want to say, we're now saying that, um, that the baby isn't a human. Um, and that, um, and that seems to be where academia and the culture is, is coming to. It's not just that, Hey, even if the baby is a human, we still don't need to force women to do something. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's a really scary place we're in. And, and I think that not just in, uh, this area, but when it comes into, um, gender ideology and things like that, we're really fumbling so many things that the Lord has, has brought in as right and wrong. And so when we want complete autonomy from our own sex, for example, why would we not want autonomy for anything else outside of that? Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. can definitely see how those different Progression. Yeah, the progression and the mm -hmm. connection between the different things. Yeah. And it is, I mean, sometimes, I, I know sometimes I feel a bit overwhelmed by it because like you said, it's, we'll deal with situations. I mean, you will on the front lines, mm -hmm. sometimes as a pastor, you know, mm -hmm. it'll be different, but I'll be dealing with something and saying, all right, we're right here, right now dealing with this, mm -hmm. but I, I want to hit the rewind button for like 17 years and then maybe we could set up a, a worldview it, because like you're saying, it, it does go into saying um, the idea of being shocked that pregnancy could be a result of sexual activity. It's like, mm -hmm. how, how smart are we that we're shocked by that? That, mm -hmm. that seems strange. And the idea, like you're saying, of seeing pregnancy as sort of an unnatural state instead mm -hmm. of a natural mm -hmm. result of sexual activity. And then mm -hmm. getting into the whole idea of what is our responsibility to our children. It's like, gosh, we mm -hmm. got to back up and deal with big worldview issues. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, for all of you, it's like, but I've got this woman right here, right before me. We can't do that. We got to figure out how to do this in real time. Yeah. While also, you know, I mean, I know for me, just as a dad, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. constantly thinking, 
how do I how do I on this side of it look to prepare my boys for you know mm-hmm. treasuring treasuring the idea of purity and waiting for marriage mm-hmm. wait waiting for sex until marriage mm-hmm. but then also having the idea of saying and if you don't and if a girl gets pregnant as a result here's what we're gonna do about that mm-hmm. because we would much rather we we treasure life and mm-hmm. we don't want you to feel like you've got to sweep this under the rug because of mm-hmm. shame or fear or things yeah. that you talked about. So it is a challenge to figure out there's there's the big worldview side, which mm-hmm. I know it's like you're doing parenting classes. You're like <laughs> you you all are looking to say we want to address that too. Mm-hmm. I know in the past Ashur's been involved in even like abstinence thing, you know. Mm-hmm. We want to deal with that, but we also want to say here's where we are. Yeah. We can't change mm-hmm. what's going on right now in real time. Mm-hmm. And I think in real time a lot of women just need to hear that really reassuring thing of that you're not alone. Mm-hmm. You know, the mantra, the pro-choice thing is your body, your choice, but actually what it tells them is that it's your body and it's your problem and you're in it by Mm. yourself, you know, and actually for a lot of the women that come in, um, I remember one of them actually just saying that after her time at Ashore, she went home and she could sleep. Wow. She'd been up for the last two, you know, few weeks when you know when when all of this was going on, and she had no peace and she couldn't sleep because every worry was in her head. Um, right. You know, every doubt, every uh, judgment call was there, um, where she was just feeling, I can't do this. I'm by myself, and just you know, her coming to the clinic and um, someone else saying, Hey, it's not just your problem. We're in this with <laughs> you. Gave her that ability to be like. Oh, you know what? I can breathe. Wow. And now I can make the decision that's right for me and my baby. You know, and that that's really powerful to let women know that they're not alone in this. Um, and I think we do a disservice to women when we tell them that it's their body and it's just their choice. Because that that does very often mm. become I'm by myself. I have to make this decision by myself. I'm going to be the only one that is going to have to live with the consequences without thinking actually there could be help out there. And we're in 2020 now yeah that, that's where we're at you know there are, there are so many options um there are so many um you know resources that are that are there there are monetary uh things that come in if you do d- uh, tend to keep your child so i think i think what we really need to to come back to is we need to help women make the decision that's right for them with um by first taking away the fears that don't allow them to be able to make good reasoned decisions, yeah. if that makes sense. Oh, it does. Yeah. And, and I'm glad you said mm-hmm. that. I, I, I'd never sort of put together what you were saying before. The whole, mm-hmm. my body, my choice is a very isolating idea mm-hmm. where it seems like the intent behind it is saying, nobody else gets to boss you around, mm-hmm. but where it leaves you is the, the mm-hmm. full weight of the burden on mm-hmm. you, which... I mean, none of us want with anything. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't want the full weight of the burden on me if I'm mm-hmm. trying to figure out where to go to lunch with a friend, let alone <laughs> something massive like a, like a child. Yeah. yeah. Um, one thing, this is a little bit of a tangent, but hopefully not really. Um, I've heard, and I was, I was curious if, if this has been your experience. Um, what I've heard at different times is that when women are, are in a situation where they're trying to figure out, all right, I'm pregnant, I'm not sure what to do. Um, maybe there's more options than what I'm thinking of, but sort of like there's abortion, there's keeping the child and raising the child, there's adoption. Mm -hmm. Um, what I've always heard is adoption is the hardest sell, um, for women in that situation. Mm -hmm. And I was curious if, if that's been your experience. And if so, if you have some insight, because as as Christians, we look at it and we're like, it's such a profound, beautiful Mm -hmm. thing. You know, we, we have people at our church who have adopted one one of our elders and his wife just within the past year adopted a baby and it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And yet from what I've heard, it's, it's a very hard thing. Um, even harder than keeping the baby and raising the baby themselves. Yeah. I mean, uh, 
I would say that um, it's actually even a hard thing for our advocates to even talk to the clients mm. about. It can feel really awkward um, because it feels like we're telling them to do something they don't want to do for something we want them to do. Uh, do you, okay. Even more sure. so than even keeping the baby yeah. because at the end they get they get this prize. They get yeah, this beautiful at least you baby. have they the baby get, at the end of it. Do you see what I mean? And so yeah. suddenly what we're trying to do when we're talking about a um, about adoption is that we're saying, hey, I know that you don't have the means or you're saying that this isn't this isn't the right time, whatever the, the, the situation is for you to be able to raise the child. But could you, and this is a big thing for, could you sacrifice the next nine months of your life to give a child away to someone else? And when you're young or when you're in that situation, you're like, I don't even want to go through pregnancy. Right. Let alone go through the whole thing of giving birth. And then I have to give the baby away. You know, basically I'm like, I'm, I'm abandoning my baby that's what it seems like in this, yeah. in, in the way of thinking. It's like even a though lose, lose on. It's on a lose, lose. Whereas somehow, and and I think this is where I want this conversation to go in this, is that somehow abortion is seen like as if this neutral option. Right. And it's not. You know, they see it, well, that would just erase what's happened. You know, that's an easier out than having to go through nine months of pregnancy because everyone's going to see me. I'm still going right. to have to not be able to play softball. I'm still going to have to be able to tell everyone. And there there could be fear involved in that. There could be shame involved in that. Um, so actually getting to the point of going through when, when, with, an, uh, with an adoption is really difficult unless they get to the point of, of realizing this is a human being that I want to protect. That's the hardest point yeah. is getting them to see that the baby inside them isn't just a, a blob of cells. You know, right. the, the other side has done a great job of really, you know, suddenly it's a blob of cells and then when it comes out, it's a baby. You right. know, what happens in that meantime? You know, like uh, so many of our women, we now have 3D, 4D ultrasounds oh, from 10 man. weeks. Um, and just For 10 then, weeks? I didn't realize that. Weeks, oh, wow. Yeah, from 10 weeks, we have 3D, 4D ultrasounds. And by then you can see, you know, a very beautifully formed baby. The limbs are already there. There's brain activity. There's, you know, the eyes are that you know all of these things and and it's and it's shocking how many women are so completely blown away because they were like I don't think it'd look at like that right. in 10 weeks why do they not think that what have we been telling women what have they believed you know and so that is the is the bigger battle of getting them to see the humanity of the unborn yeah. because once you can get them to see the humanity of the unborn and get them to care then adoption is possibly yeah. an option but otherwise it goes back to what 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 am I comfortable doing? And getting through nine months of a pregnancy and then um, giving away that baby that's been inside of you. Um, I mean, it, it's a sacrifice. Pregnancy generally is a sacrifice. For it's sure. a sacrifice. I'm sure your wife can, can, oh, yeah. can allude to that. <laughs> um, but in this case, it's even more because um, your life really is on hold for something that you're not really preparing to to have in your life forever. Yeah. If that makes sense. Do you have a, yeah. let, let me ask another question I wasn't planning on asking. Mm. You know, you alluded to earlier that that there is um that that there is a trend in our culture of saying, all right, men, you need to shut up about this mm. one. Um, which I, I understand logically in my head, I also object to very strongly, and I don't practice that I need to shut up about <laughs> it. Um, but but just just within that, I wonder if you have some insight into what it looks like in a helpful way, not just for mm -hmm. men to, to say, you can't tell me to shut up, I have an opinion too, mm -hmm. but to be helpful advocates along, because I know with the shirt, you know, there's mm -hmm. a lot of women at the front lines and mm -hmm. it makes perfect sense yeah. of why, you know, you would figure a woman in that situation probably mm -hmm. wants to talk to another woman mm -hmm. about that. Um, but do you have some insights into both how men can mm -hmm. be part of that frontline mm -hmm. ministry and also even within that, how men can think more broadly about what does it look like to lend my voice to the unborn and to the mm -hmm. vulnerable 
recognizing that our culture right now says mm-hmm. men need to just not talk about mm-hmm. this. Um, I think, you know, when you um, introduced this podcast, you basically spoke about how we're supposed to be living lives very culturally different to be yeah. what Christ has called us to be. And I think that really is a foundation in in many things, but especially in this area, is um, it goes right back to the Garden of Eden. Hmm. You know, what did God tell men to do? You know, what was their duty of care? What's going on? You know, that is a God-given authority Mm. that God has given men to be able to step in and say, no, this is too far, or yes, we're going to do this. And so much of our culture has really stripped men of that authority. You know, and so I'd say, especially to men, if they call themselves Christian, you know, and and, and we're wanting to do things in the way that Christ wants us to do this, it's not to absolve ourselves of any authority and to step back. That's not caring. Right. You know, actually the caring thing is to say, you know what? I'm in this with you. I'm going to accept the responsibility with you, and I need to help you feel safe and to not feel alone. Um, you know, all of those things that I'm like, you know, this is this is the an age old tactic that Satan has has come back in. Let's mm. just leave women to do whatever they want to do, and men, you just sit out on the side and in the corner, and and all of culture is shouting at, at at men to do that too. And I and I really understand it because a lot of men are like, well, I tried, and then I was just yelled at. Sure. And I'd say, hey, mm. I know that that's really difficult, but get over it. Right. Like at the end of the day, you're going to face God, and then you have to. He's an outdated phrase, man up. Yeah, right? exactly. You know? Like I know that it's not going to be nice. This is the culture that we're in. We can't pretend this isn't where we're at. But the silence of men, the silence of women, and especially I'd say the silence of the fathers in this has led to so many abortions happening. So many women um, later would have, um, you know, have actually told us, I would have kept the baby if he had spoken up. Yeah. You know, I would have, because he said, I can do whatever I want. But really what I heard from that was, if this doesn't go well for us, he's going to continually blame me for the rest of my life. Now the full thing is on her because I didn't weigh in on it. You know, and so, you know, really to go back to that of like, don't listen to what culture says is the role of man. Listen Mm. to what the Bible says is the role of man. Listen to the way that God has asked you to sacrifice your life for your bride, for your girlfriend, for your woman, whatever it is, whatever situation you're in at that moment, um, to realize that actually that is a really chivalrous, that's a really really strong, that's a very caring um, position that you're in and to not um it's very easy to just sit back it's very easy because you're you're applauded for sitting back you're applauded for sitting down how powerful i mean like you're saying that's what happened in the garden presumably you know right after eve eats it's an adam who was with her right there presumably sitting back saying you know her choice i'm not going to interfere exactly and so we don't take our model of, of 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 man from Adam, we're not supposed to. We're now supposed to take it from, from yeah. Christ. And what did Christ do? He got into the messiness with us. He took that, that um, all the shame, all the guilt, all the burden, everything that we have. And I really think that there is a huge spiritual mm. um, atmosphere that is being lost, if that makes sense, in the churches when it comes to men actually stepping into their identity yeah. as, as, as you know, as, as men of God, as, you know, as Christ in their household, things like that. Um, and so I'd say, you know, helpful things that, that men can do in this situation is to, is to come back and, and actually say those words. I know this is a really scary time for you, but know that I am with you in this. You know, this is, this is a beautiful uh, baby that has come, you know, things like that that are really reassuring so that women don't feel the fear of not knowing what's going to happen. Because it's not necessarily as I don't want the baby. Most of the time it's I don't know how I'm going to cope yeah. with a baby. So, yeah, yeah. well, that, that, that was, that was powerful. I'm glad yeah. we got to talk about that. All right. Fi- mm-hmm. Final question. Yeah. Um, just for anybody listening to this, um, who's thinking about what's my part in this, mm-hmm. um, you know, like we've been thankful to have a partnership with Assure and we've mm-hmm. got people who volunteer, we've got people who pray and who yeah. give, 
Um, for somebody that's just hearing this and saying, I want to do something, but I don't know. Um, can you just give some insight into what are the different ways to be a part of this ministry and advocating for the unborn, caring for the vulnerable, um, including the frontline stuff, but maybe even apart from the frontline stuff? Yeah, I'd say um, the first thing is don't ignore that feeling that you have in you. Like I, I do think that the, that the Holy Spirit stirs, stirs things in us at the right time. Um, and I'd say firstly, just pray about what that would look like for you. Um, you know, what we're doing here, um, you know, at Ashore is very much frontline grassroots ministry. We're right here. But there are other avenues too. You have people that are doing sidewalk counseling. You have right. others that are, you know, lobbying at parliament. You have uh, so many different options. And I think that they're all important in the fight that we're in. And so to really understand like, okay, Lord, what are the specific gifts and talents you've given me and where would I best fit mm. to go in? That would be the first thing because I've seen some people come uh, to volunteer with us and they're just so gung-ho and I'm like, <laughs> it's almost a bit too much for the women that we're facing. But you know what? <laughs> that's fine because maybe the Lord has you somewhere else and that's, that, right. and that's good too. But so firstly, take that time to pray about... Um, where in this fight the Lord wants you to be. I definitely believe he does want every Christian to be involved in this fight, yeah. but where is it? Um, and then secondly, um, once you've kind of done that, and if you if you then think actually maybe Ashore is the right position for you, we, we always say that we partner in three different ways. So the first thing is we partner in prayer. Um, as I said earlier, this is a spiritual battle Absolutely. that we're in, um, and we really need the prayer support. Um, you know, kind of every day we are facing... Um, unknown situations to us at the start of the day we start praying but we don't know what the situation is of the women that's coming in but we know that the holy spirit does um and so we have a way that you can sign up um i I'm, i think it's prayforbabies.org forward slash assure 204 i'll try and get um get that up or, yeah, or yeah. something we'll, we'll like we'll that we'll look to add some links that would be into, great uh, yeah. um but what that does is that we send out an um an in-time prayer request when the advocate is meeting with the client and they are making those crucial decisions for life um and we know that that is a really really important time because that's exactly when Satan's going to want to come in and put every every seed of doubt. So the first thing is pray. Pray for us at the clinic. Pray for um, the women that are making those decisions. Pray for the women that have chosen life, that nothing else will come in and, and, and yeah. you know, make them change their decision. Uh, the second way we say is volunteer. We have uh, different volunteer positions. We have, as I uh, said earlier, we have the client advocates and they're the ones that meet with the client uh, daily in the, in the clinic. Um, volunteers will sign up for a four-hour slot you know, um, in, in a week, uh, they'll come every week at the same time. Um, and they can, uh, they're trained to know how to have those conversations. You don't need to come trained. Don't worry, we'll do that for you. Um, but we also have other positions like the Bridges Parenting Program. And this is a great place for men to get involved. Yeah. Boy, do we need more male volunteers. You know, I know it can be really nerve wracking to sit in a room with a woman speaking about what your decisions are. And, and, and I know that there are some men that can do it, but generally we have female volunteers that do the client advocacy. Hmm. But when it comes to the parenting classes, we we really need men, especially fathers, uh, to come in just to help the young men understand what it's going to be like, to help them know how to support their partners, help them um, kind of go through that stage of mourning maybe their their single male life or whatever it is, helping them understand um, what the beauty is of fatherhood. Um, so that's a really great way for men to get involved. Um, and then other volunteer positions when it comes to, you know, um, event help or admin help. We, we will take anyone. We will definitely that's find right. a place for anyone. Um, and then lastly, of course, we um, we are a nonprofit. Uh, we don't take any money from the government. So a lot of our funding uh, comes from Christians and churches and organizations like that. And um, and and I think just kind of putting that into, into perspective is that we're not just, hey, we need money just because we need money. Right now in the Inland Empire, there are six family planning, um, you know, kind of uh, centers that are there. And they're open six days a week. 
you know, they, they are staffed much longer hours. We're open four days a week, you know, and there, and there's two, there's mm-hmm. two in this area, you know, so, so this is what we're, we're dealing with when we're, when we're trying to say, what are the obstacles for women coming to our clinic? Well, I mean, our funding is an obstacle because we're not open enough. Mm-hmm. We don't have the availability that Planned Parenthood does. You know, I, I was actually, um, looking up just with, with, with a friend of mine, when to take a pregnancy test, you know, what's the best time of day to take a pregnancy test. And I'm sure many women that are um, experiencing unplanned pregnancy, um, are going to do that. That's a really basic Google thing. And and first thing that pops up is Planned Parenthood. Hmm. And they tell you to, oh, you can come into the clinic, you can get this pregnancy test, this, that, and the other. But beware of the crisis pregnancy centers. Yeah. And they talk all about it on their website. And I'm like, well, their marketing is better than ours. Right. All of the, you know, that they they are able to get the women quicker than we are because their their funds are greater. And so I'm just there like, okay, Lord, we really need more people to come onto the front line and see that this is this is a needed area of ministry that we need to be funding so that um, we can remove the obstacles that are stopping uh, women from being able to come to a life affirming clinic rather than a clinic that's just going to sell them an abortion. Absolutely. Yeah. So those are the three things. So to pray for us, to volunteer with us, um, and if you can uh, to uh, uh, to start partnering with us with a monthly pledge, things like that. Awesome. Yeah, and, and like we just talked about, we're, we're going to add links into the YouTube video just mm-hmm. for all those, um, not only for those, but but also just for, for anybody listening right now that mm-hmm. sort of like, ah, this is where I am right now. I need to know where Assure is. I need to yeah. make an appointment. Or any man listening to this saying, I can suggest this to to my girlfriend, to my wife, to to the you know, my partner who's pregnant right now and is not sure what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you said, we, we just want more people to know yeah. about this wonderful place that they can come, that they can be supported, that they can be helped, that they can get, that they can see their baby, that they can have people walk with them, not just through the the decision making about, mm-hmm. am I going to keep this baby, but all throughout with the support and the help mm-hmm. and the parenting classes and all of that. So thank yeah. you so much for taking the time to do this and for all of your frontline work that we are so thankful for. Um, and thank you to those of you that took the time to listen or to watch. We do episodes of The Christian Contrast um, every two weeks. We'll be back here in two weeks with another episode. And we love comments and feedback. So if you have feedback and you want to give that, you can just comment and you can find other videos like this through our website, lbf.church, or just by going on YouTube and searching for them. So thanks so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll see you again in two weeks. Mm-hmm.